Cairo Radio was paid a fee to air the following program. All information discussed on the following program is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. Prior to acting on any legal matter, you should seek legal advice from a qualified legal attorney who can evaluate your situation and advise you accordingly. Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick. Good morning and welcome to Your Partner in Law. I'm Rick Gregorick from the law firm of Gregorick & Associates, and I'm really happy to be with you again this Sunday morning amid the coronavirus pandemic. And how is it impacting your life? Let's talk a little bit about that today. And I also want to, you know, today is going to be our special focus is going to be on elder law and protecting our seniors and those those most vulnerable in our uh, society, because there's certainly been a heightened... uh, concern here during the coronavirus, but this is a concern we should have all the time nonetheless. Uh, May is um, National Elder Law Month, and I think the uh, National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys uh, promulgated this a number of years ago, and really to try to bring awareness to the myriad of issues that we face as we age, um, both our health and our finances, and just in general, the world around us. I've got Ted Hansen with me today. Um, of course, Ted is the uh, the head of our elder law component of the law firm and uh, deals with all that uh, wonderful stuff with Medicaid and Medicare and Social Security um, issues, uh, veterans affairs, uh, veterans benefits uh, for the for seniors. Um, there's just a whole plethora of things. And then we want to kind of do a little bit of comparing and contrasting and why the estate plan for the elder person is maybe different than it is before. And you may well have a regular estate plan and be elderly and it's fine. You may be, you know, on the younger side of elderly and yet you need an elder law plan. We use the same types of documents and we're going to talk to Ted a little bit about how those documents are different when we're looking at folks with diminished resources as well as potentially, you know, health issues and certainly if there's mental incapacity that would uh, flow from this, such as Alzheimer's, which um, Ted can give us some sobering statistics on that as well. But I really wanted to draw everyone's attention to its elder law month, uh, kind of a time to recognize and appreciate our elders and maybe do what we can. And I certainly can't think of a more timely time to have uh, a focus on our elders than we certainly have during the pandemic. Uh, we certainly all have come to learn that they are certainly the most impacted um, group among us for the uh, coronavirus. Um, sadly, that's probably true for most things that ail us. Um, it does uh, present a much more grave situation for those as we age. So, so Ted, uh, good morning. and um, well, Good morning to you also. Uh, I will say that even though we do have to record this remotely now because uh, we've effectively been banned from the studio because we can't social distance appropriately, but this is going to be broadcast on Mother's Day and for all the mothers out there. Uh, I, I just want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. I know it's going to be really different not going to brunch and doing things like that that you're used to doing on Mother's Day. But yeah. nevertheless, we we just hope that you remain safe and that you 
uh, have a good day nevertheless with your family. So just wanted to start off with that this morning. I, I, thank you very much. I was remiss in not bringing that into the introduction well, here. So focused on elder law, but... Uh, that's why you have me. But yeah. we all have mothers out there, folks. Yeah, that's and right. um, if your mom's still with you, you know, as a bare minimum, let's give her a call. Um, maybe introduce her to FaceTime or Skype or something like that. That I have found people that sometimes when they experience the video phone call or something the first time, it's really quite exciting for them, especially if it's with the granddaughter or the grandson or something along those lines. So um, that might be the best present you could possibly give to anyone. And um, Yeah, but Rick, your segue into this segment is, is very important because uh, the elder population, I'm talking about those folks over 65, have been uh, kind of adversely affected the most by this virus and, and keeping an eye on those types of people and being aware that it's not necessarily you catching it, it's you passing it on to someone else, which is really the issue that a lot of us have had a hard time struggling to kind of grasp. But in any event, when we talk about elder law, as Rick mentioned earlier, we do use roughly the same types of tools, that is powers of attorney, wills, and trust. However, when we deal with a group over 65, there is a heightened focus on uh, the possibility and perhaps the actuality of disability in one's life and how we plan for that is very, very important. When we do estate planning in general, we always have an idea that disability may be an issue, but we don't plan for it exactly the same way. In other words, we we practice more in the moment sometimes for the younger folks than we practice for the elder crowd. Well, well, Ted, and I think that's an important point, and we've stressed this for years in our planning. When we do planning, whether it's estate planning or any, any type of planning for your business or whatever, planning, you know, you lay out a plan, and then reality has to occur, and then we kind of test our plan against that reality. For estate planning and elder law, the, the planning horizon Thing. I, I, the, the statistics are rather staggering, but over 65, it's 70-some percent of us. And then when you get up into the 80s, it becomes really tilted more toward the 80-85 range. And so those are the things. And when we're talking about that age group, and I'm talking about people that are uh, perhaps 75-plus, the, the big worry with estate planning in general is that person losing capacity and not having the ability to plan any longer, which even can happen in the younger set. However, we don't tend to focus on that as much because uh, it just isn't uh, really an immediate time horizon thing for most folks. When you're in, in your 50s and things like that, it's rare to see Alzheimer's and early onset dementia. It does happen, but it's rare. But when we get up beyond people that are you know, 65, 70 years old, we really focus on creating a plan for them that allows some flexibility going forward with a real focus on who's going to make these decisions, both financially and, health, and for health care. For that person. So this is a really important component of traditional estate planning and elder law estate planning. Well, it also underscores the importance as we age and as we move through life because, you know, one of the threshold factors that we have to address is just reality check. And that is folks' resources. Um, if you have ample resources, you have more options. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. But the challenge is for those people who are good, solid, middle-class middle folks, you know, the vast majority of folks out there, the staggering cost of long-term care, if you do end up with uh, one of the more serious issues, which are many, and your probability of escaping all of them is actually fairly small. Yeah. And so it's, you know, depending on where resources are, 
and how to create resources. So this is why we talk so oftentimes about long-term care insurance, but you got to buy that early and have it in place. You can't wait till you're sick or you can't wait till you're, you know, advanced age and, you know, the premiums and things like that are going to be yep. too much. Can't, and so Can't wait till the house is on fire to get fire insurance. That's right. right. So you have to plan early, kind of plan often, keep your plan up to date. But finances, folks, I cannot underscore how important it is. And if you have, you know, meager assets or, you know, you just don't have that big nest egg, it's even more critical to come in and see, you know, someone like Ted in the elder law community. So you understand what your options are and what um, state and federal government um, resources may be available. There are a number of different programs uh, for people who uh, qualify and we'll try and tag over a few of those um, as well. So, you know, the, the financial component of both the state and elder law planning really is kind of our gauge to set reality, to say, okay, the, the financial position is going to put people in different types of planning modes and the planning tools that they use. And then, Ted, like you mentioned earlier, you know, just because you say you have a power of attorney, well, that's great. What does that power of attorney do? What does that's it accomplish? Exactly How right. does it work? Who's that's in right. charge? And, you know, there is no standard there. I suppose there is, but, you know, the standard is kind of dull and probably not going to be very supportive of you. So these things need to be tailored very specifically to your situations and that, and especially as we get into the more senior ages. Yeah, ab- absolutely, and, and it's critical. And, and when we, uh, we're going to take a break here in just a minute, but when we come back, I'm going to kind of give you uh, just kind of a broad brush about these various areas that, that encompass elder law, because I think there's some confusion about that out there still. What exactly does an elder law attorney do? And I'm going to go through when we come back a list of uh, just kind of an overview. We may or may not get to all these topics today, but I just want you to be aware these are things that elder law t- attorneys typically handle. Hey, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and your partner-in-law will return after this short break. And uh, your partner-in-law is brought to you by the law firm of Gregorick & Associates. We're open for business. Check us out on the web, rjglegal.com. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times. Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick. Gregor and Associates, they're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Having a long-term care plan, it brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows you to stay in control of your care options, and maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. Hey, it's Story Monson. I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did. Learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Brian's the host of Long-Term Care Radio right here in Cairo. He has a live webinar coming up this Wednesday at noon. 
to teach you everything you need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got, it pays us back if we never use it. Sign up today for Brian's free online webinar coming up this Wednesday at noon. They are free, but you got to sign up. Just go to 525longtermcare.com. Brian's the best in the business, and you're going to discover that at his webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com. It's times like these that remind us how crucial it is to make sure your family's health care documents and money management is in order. Hey, it's John Curley. Be proactive, have a plan, and do what's best for your family so everyone can have peace of mind. I can't recommend it enough. Talk to Rick Gregorick. He helped me in my estate plan, and Rick is open and ready to help make sure your plan is properly updated. And if you don't have an estate plan, Rick is absolutely the best in the area to create the proper plan to custom fit for your needs. Rick wants to encourage everyone to follow the guidelines being provided by local and state and federal governments to slow the growth of this deadly virus. It's vitally important to invest in yourself and your family. In a proper estate, an elder law plan has never been more important. Rick Gregorick and Associates are open now and ready to help you. You can schedule your complimentary consultation by calling 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Well, welcome back to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick, and uh, I'm here with uh, attorney Ted Hansen. May is Elder Law Month, uh, brought to you by uh, National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, NALA, a great resource. And Washington has a, a great at. component as well called WALA. WALA, the Washington, Washington that's right. chapter. Ted's quite great, active Great group of people, great group of people. And, um, and it's Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to everyone. And I know this is going to be... Uh, Kind of one of those bittersweets for Mother's Day. Um, Ted mentioned it earlier, you know, all the brunches and, my goodness, it's usually a day and, you know, flowers and everything. The florists are probably dying right now. I don't know how they're working out. But um, anyhow, um, we're talking about elder law and really, you know, trying to kind of create, you know, the separation or the distance or the rationale between what's referred to as estate planning versus what is referred to as elder law. They're kind of one and the same thing with just different visions and utilizing documents different. And the really key thing is we're serving different clientele, um, but both age-related and health-related. Um, elder law isn't strictly a component of age. It's a factor of age and finances and health. And I think it's the you know that trilateral there of our health, money, and um those, uh, that that is going to help guide us. So, Ted, kind of walk us through some of this stuff because it, it, it's still so confusing to so many people. Yeah, it is. And, I, and like I said, I want to just kind of give an overview of the types of things that I encounter um, in addition to what we started off talking about, which are using powers of attorney for uh, finances and health. So, so elder law in, in one way, shape, or form will, will involve one or, or several of these components. One of them, of course, is planning for taxes. That's one of them. Uh, could have Medicaid or Medicare issues. That's another one. Long-term care, big, big issue. Where am I going to live? How's that going to get paid for? Uh, Social Security issues sometimes pop up with uh, SSDI and SSI. The difference of those being that supplemental security disability income is not, it's an entitlement program. It's not a means-tested program like SSI is, which is supplemental security income. 
Uh, what does that mean in plain English, Ted? Well, that was a little lawyery. Supplemental security income is 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 really a, a program for people over sixty five and or people with disabilities under sixty five to provide them both uh, financial and medical uh, assistance. That is Medicaid, typically is a component of SSI. Um, and it's a small stipend per month uh, for people that qualify, but it is a means-tested program, which means you can only have a certain asset limit to be able to qualify for that program. And if you exceed yeah, for SSI, that, you basically essentially broke. You you are essentially broke. No it's very it's it's very similar. In fact, almost identical to the Medicaid standards. Uh, in fact, they're based on that same standard. Uh, other issues that come up are, are special needs planning. Now, this is where elder law kind of can get into areas of younger people sometimes, but that particular area of planning, special needs planning, uh, is, is another component that we run into. We also occasionally run into conservatorships and guardianships. Uh, commonly have questions about how do I protect my assets as I go as I grow well, older. And, that, and that, when they say how do I protect my assets, they're really saying how do I make sure I keep my home? Yeah, or right? that bottom line anything sometimes. People. Yeah, anything to pass on typically, right, is is a real big deal for most folks. And uh, so that's what we mean when we talk about asset protection. And, and of course, arranging assets to qualify for these various uh, Medicaid programs is is another area that I get into quite frequently, and it often crosses over into the estate planning and what we do in those documents. Um, the other unfortunate area that's a growing concern is uh, elder abuse and exploitation, which is unfortunately growing rampantly. Uh, and you know, and Ted, here's, here we are in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, and, you know, the best in people is obviously being demonstrated around the globe uh, as far as, you know, people lending a hand and doing what's right and our first responders, and we all know who all of those folks are. But then trolling amongst all that is the scammers and the crooks and the cheats and yep. the coronavirus scams. I mean, the state attorney generals have been putting out warnings on this, the FTC, the, the, they're yeah. just, they're coming from and, all And there's a lot of, of these scams involving these uh, payments, the $1,200 payments that people are getting taken, uh, you know, they're, they're getting taken from them, they're getting talked into donating them, they're, they're, they're doing all kinds well, of Well, and there's a lot of these people peddling false testing, yeah. and, 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 hey, I can get your test, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, Folks, probably if you if it seems too good to be true, it usually yeah. is. Please be aware, you know, and and the stuff that's coming through on emails and internet searches. Please, please, please be very, very cautious. Yeah, absolutely. And then just a couple more on this list. One is retirement planning. Rick and I we talk about this quite a bit. We've been talking about the Secure Act, uh, its effect on your retirement assets, and how you pass those on, and how that environment's changed. Uh, Mental health law is another component of elder law, and this this can be uh, kind of really out there in terms of how to help mentally ill people and to have them safely housed and things like that. And then we get into these areas of civil commitment and things of that nature, which is the you know really doesn't happen a great deal in our society, and that's why we have this kind of revolving door of the mentally ill in this country. Um, and then finally, we get around to issues like trust and estate administration. Who is going to take care of my estate when I pass away? All of my my spouse is dead. My children are dead. My friends are dead. So we get into this a lot and how we're going to fix that hole. And, and we talk quite a bit about having independent fiduciaries and the role that they play when you 
uh, don't think you have a choice or you don't want your children to make that choice. So, uh, yeah, it, so it, that's kind of the overview. Of it's a tough list. And, it, yeah. and folks, as you can see, the list is expansive of the items and elements that really need to be touched upon with incapacity planning, dealing with taxes, your state and elder law. How does that interact with your Medicaid, Medicare? You know, do you have long-term care insurance? What type is it going to benefit you? You know, we talked about, you know, different types of disability income through SSDI and SSI. How, and th that's almost always interacted or associated with special needs planning. Almost always, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and folks, the special needs planning, maybe take a little bit of an insert here, Ted, because I think a lot of folks don't really know what that means. And there's a couple of key different types of trusts that are used for folks that are disabled, you know, the first party and the second party. Maybe you could give us a little overview on that because there are some age limits and some other things that people sometimes say, oh, gee, I wish I'd have known that last year. Yeah, there are. And, and like I said, depending on the type of program that you're dealing with, uh, in particular, like I said earlier, SSDI, which is Supplemental Security Disability Income, is not means tested. That's based on... Uh, work credit hours, essentially, that you have to work a number of work credit hours to be qualified for that program. Um, but it doesn't have the same limitations that SSI have, and, and that essentially is $2,000 a home and a car uh, that you're allowed to have uh, as an SSI recipient. And when somebody on SSI receives money, it has to be handled in a certain manner to allow them to still in this case, I'll just say inherit the money without disrupting their benefits. That is what we call a first-party supplemental needs trust. And the difference between a first and a third party, which is something typically a parent might create for a disabled child or a grandparent, is that a third-party disability trust can be formed uh, really any time during your life. These, uh, what we call D4A trusts, have to be done before you're 65 years of age in order to work properly. Um, the difference between the two from from a, from an asset standpoint, I guess, is the first party that is formed with your own money, the person's own money, is subject to what we call uh, a state recovery for long-term Medicare benefits paid after age 55. Third parties, those set up by grandparents and parents, do not have that component. They so, do not have a payback component. So in other words, you know, folks, if it's a first party, that means a special needs trust was set up with your own That's money, right. goes into that trust. But because it was your own money and the government's allowing you to kind of save it and use it incrementally over your lifetime and still allow you to qualify for benefits, they are going to say, well, at the end of your life when you pass away, any assets that you have in your estate at that time, if it's the house or whatever, would be subject to what they call a state recovery to pay Medicaid back the services that they provided for you. That's correct. After that, age 55. After that's, an age important, that's an important thing to understand, too, because it's not SSI benefits that they're going to just drag back in if there's no long-term no. care component to it. So these are only for long-term care situation. Long-term care Medicaid is what we call it, and, and that applies in that context. Right, and that, that's probably one of the areas that has creates much of the fear uh, we hear, well, the, I don't want the government to get my house. Yeah. And, uh, well, maybe we'll pick that up after break here a little bit. But, uh, folks, uh, Gregorick and Associates, uh, we're here to help you. We're open uh, predominantly virtually. 
and uh, but we're able to uh, help you with your estate and elder planning issues. Uh, we're actually kind of busy doing some real estate work as well right now. A lot of things happening in the real estate market, some good, some not so good. And um, so do give us a call. You can call us at the office at 425 284 3450. Again, the office number 425-284-3450. Stay tuned. Your partner in law will be right back. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times. Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick. Gregor and Associates, they're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Having a long-term care plan, it brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows you to stay in control of your care options, and maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. Hey, it's Story Monson. I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did. Learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Brian's the host of Long-Term Care Radio right here in Cairo. He has a live webinar coming up this Wednesday at noon to teach you everything you need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got, it pays us back if we never use it. Sign up today for Brian's free online webinar coming up this Wednesday at noon. They are free, but you got to sign up. Just go to 525longtermcare.com. Brian's the best in the business, and you're going to do longtermcare.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. Hey folks, welcome back to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick at the law firm of Gregorick & Associates and I'm here with... Uh, well, my friend and colleague and associate attorney, Ted Hansen, uh, who, as you all know, takes care of our elder law component. May is Elder Law Awareness Month, so we want to do our best to, you know, talk about that. And I certainly think uh, during this pandemic, um, they're already the focus, so let's um, let's keep a full court press on there and um, kind of understand what's going on as we age in our life. Um, so from a lawyer's perspective, that's what we're talking about today to help you kind of maybe avoid making some of the most common mistakes, folks. You know, obviously not having a plan, but having the wrong plan, not having your plan reviewed frequently. This is, this is something that um, I just can't underscore. If you did your estate plan 10, 15 years ago, maybe even five years ago, it's time to have it, you know, looked at again 
a lot of things in the world have changed, and I'm not talking about just the pandemic, but that certainly is going to impact uh, most everyone, and we all should be dusting off our estate plans right now and taking a look at, are the decisions I made when I executed that plan, are those still valid today and on a go-forward basis, you know, because as we get new information, just like we saw with all the uh, estimates for the coronavirus in the beginning, estimates, plans, estimates. And we found out how bad those estimates were because we didn't have adequate data. Now, as we get more and more real data, we see the models becoming increasingly more accurate. Well, that's the same thing you need to do with your estate plan. Probably not on a daily basis, but on a three to five year plan, kind of comparing and contrasting where was I when I did this, what's happened in the intervening time, and what does a go forward look like now? And that's going to help people keep their estate. Absolutely. Plan. I've been getting a lot of calls lately, in particular about health care documents. And do these do these say what I need them to say? Will they work when I need them to work? I mean, that if one thing has come of this thing, it's a heightened, perhaps, focus on the, the, the need for planning in this arena, in particular health care. And, and who is going to make this decision if I can't do it? And, folks, we've got people of all ages and all stripes that have been affected by this and hospitalized as a result of this without any corresponding documents. In fact, I got a call yesterday from a gal from New York whose mother, amid all of this, has had a stroke and can't get in to see her, Those has no planning documents in place and really has put her in this panic mode that, that she doesn't know what to do. And I got this call yesterday with a very tearful lady and very concerned about her parents and her uh, her uh, father is also aged and he's not going to be able to take care of her any longer and these are the kind of things that I've been getting a lot of lately and it's called um, reality in this but 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 again back to elder law planning this is why it's so critically important and she's been harping on them for years and years to get this done and they just haven't done it and now when the time is ripe let's say they have nothing, and this is a terrible position to find yourself you in. You know, Ted, we've had these conversations with uh, folks over the last several decades, both you and I, and uh, so many different situations. And, you know, I hear an awful lot of children, these are grown-up children, 50-, 60-year-old children, but saying, you know, my folks have told me they've taken care of everything. And if your folks are telling you they've taken care of everything, Say, oh, that's great, Mom and Dad. Maybe you could share with it because, you know, we'd like to do our estate plan, and maybe we could get some guidance from yours. So now you're calling them on the carpet. Let's take a, you know, review the plan. If you're going to be an actor in that plan and they're going to be relying on you as an agent or something like that, you really should know about it and not be surprised. If they won't show you the documents or start hemming and hawing, there's a good chance they may not have that. They're, they're probably, but it's a lot easier, you know. As we age, sometimes we'll just deflect things we don't want to deal with, you know, by either just arbitrarily agreeing to something, or oh, I always say yes to that because otherwise they'll keep talking forever. Yeah, anyway, and, we and we like, hear and, these things. We do, and, and let's face it, th- th- there's a lot of parents out there that are not comfortable discussing these kind of things with their children. So when I have people ask me about this topic, I said, look. You don't have to tell them what you have, but please tell them what you've done, okay? And just, you know, leave the money out of it for now. But do, you know, have some kind of a, a sounding board here about what has been taken care of, so to speak, because I get this a lot. And then I get a situation like I just discussed earlier where they told her they had and they had, you know? And, and that's the more common situation that we find ourselves in, folks. So, again, you don't have to tell them what you have, but please tell them what you've done, Okay. Well, it's kind of interesting, Ted, where, you know, when we do our documents, 
Let's just think and put this in perspective. If I named someone as my agent under a power of attorney to manage my finances, in my naming it, I ought to believe in my heart of hearts that I trust this person implicitly because they're going to be in charge, unfettered to some degree. And yet, I don't want to tell them that I'm putting them in this position in the future. Uh, it happens all the and time, too. It's kind of unfair to them to Absolutely be thrust into that. Yeah. And then, you know, law of unintended consequences being what it is, things just don't work as smoothly. You know, we do find people, and or families, I should say, who do have some level of discussion, at least on integration, you know, what planning has been done, who's in charge of what, those types of things. Um, if you're planning, if you're afraid to talk to your kids about it because you think it's going to fight a, start a feud or something between your kids, maybe you should go back and readdress your planning again and maybe talk to your attorney about, is there a better way? Is there some other way that I can help avoid, you know, inherent family conflict when these situations arise, because that's the other part of the, your practice, Ted, the kind of, I call it the ugly side, yeah. which is the litigation, and most of it's, most of it's litigation between siblings. It, it is largely siblings, um, and, and occasionally we'll get into areas where we have a caregiver or somebody like that that's in the middle of the situation, but 99% of the time it's children that are fighting, and, and it really gets heightened in blended family situations when you have those his and hers and you have the his and her and our situation and and particularly when you run into a long-term care situation do you really want to have your father paying for his ill step you know your ill stepmother's care out of his funds and these kind of things really get testy let's just put it that way and, and well, we end up in court with these kind of issues and try to separate these bad actors if you will to the extent we can it, you know it, it it's really funny because you know when we look at so many of these cases that you, you know and we, we have them all the time in a blended family and you know many many folks have you know got together older you know their families are grown and maybe they lost a spouse a widow and a widower get together it's very common um but it's important for people to understand the finances and, and what's going on there. Um, just an awful lot of issues for seniors, especially if they're you know going to get married or if they're living together, and the impacts that has on government spending programs and, and liabilities of spouses for each other um, can be a troublesome thing. So I do always encourage seniors, if you're living together, getting married later in life, you're the blended family, it's going to be critically important to, you know, review your estate plan. And it may be such that you're, you know, in, in some blended families, folks, you're each going to have to have your independent attorney. Um, if, you know, if you're, if you're keeping your assets separate, there are sometimes, you know, one attorney can work with you, but in, you know, just depending on the situation, um, very oftentimes it's necessary um, that each party have their own attorney. And Ted, you can talk to that a little bit on why. Well, any time that you have some, let's just say, parties that don't completely, are, are completely on the same page with their issues and relationships, that independent counsel is, is always advisable. In fact, we, we do routinely represent husbands and wives, and even that can cause its own problems with you know, disclosure and things of that nature. The most common example being a husband and wife come in and we talk about the assets and we do a plan and the next day I get a call from the husband telling him he's got some account at some bank that she doesn't know about and that's a typical situation where I'm all of a sudden disqualified from being able to represent either one of them. But, but nevertheless, when we get into blended family situations, almost always advisable for 
them to have independent counsel for each of their independent plans, and then the lawyers typically will get involved to make whatever plan that is work. Uh, but that's that's common, and and anytime you have different interests than another person, independent counsel is always advisable. Well, you know, folks, one of the you know pragmatic issues we deal with, um, let's say seniors that get together later in life, they have this blended family, they're living together, and then when the first one dies then the issues are going to start arising. You know, who owned the house? Uh, you know, who owns what assets? Uh, most people, they kind of want to take care of each other, spouses and that, but they don't want to give up assets. So, you know, we see situations like, well, maybe they'll give a short term uh, allowing the person to stay in a house or something along those lines, maybe a life estate. But most folks, if in a blended family, are more often than not trying to preserve assets for their own children, not for their second or third spouse, so to speak. Yeah, well, that's absolutely true. And then usually uh, the way that we get around that usually is by having income-only trusts or something like that that guarantee that, that that person isn't going to invade the principle of that trust over their lifetime and leave nothing for those children. It's common, I hate to say it, that even these types of plans that are structured in such a way to assure that the children receive something on their parents' death go awry for a number of reasons, usually because the surviving spouse simply doesn't do what the document tells her to do. And and now we or get him. into or him. And <laughs> yeah. now we get into these breach of fiduciary duty issues and and the problem here, folks, normally is the money's gone, right? And I can't get it back. I I can I talk about this all the time. I can get the person, but it's rare that I get the money back. Yeah, we had a case a number of years ago where the um, second spouse here, and um, when the husband died, uh, he'd done some planning, leaving his money to his kids and everything, and she found his plan, and uh, the next thing she did with it was put it in the fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> yep. She forgot that there was an attorney who could testify to the plan, but yeah. anyhow, don't do that, folks. Don't destroy someone's estate plan ever. That's a very bad thing to it do. It happens. Hey, folks, we're going to take a uh, quick break, and your partner-in-law will be right back, and uh, check us out on the web at yourpartnerinlaw.com. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, Are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times. Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick. Gregor and Associates, they're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Having a long-term care plan, it brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows you to stay in control of your care options, and maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. Hey, it's Story Monson. I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did. Learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Brian's the host of Long-Term Care Radio right here in Cairo. He has a live webinar coming up this Wednesday at noon to teach you everything you need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got, it pays us back if we never use it. Sign up today for Brian's free online webinar coming up this Wednesday at noon. 
They are free, but you got to sign up. Just go to 525longtermcare.com. Brian's the best in the business, and you're going to discover that at his webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Retirement. What does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead? Hi, this is Rick Gregrick, founder of Gregrick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning. I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs. Call today for your free consultation. 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. You can also sign up for a partner-in-law event. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and find the elder law or estate planning course that's best for you. You can register for both events by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Welcome back to Your Partner in Law. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. I know this is certainly a, a different Mother's Day, but um, I think if we put everything into perspective, um, maybe it can be a meaningful one. Absolutely. And uh, so that's good. May is also Elder Law Awareness Month. Uh, it couldn't be more timely. Um, caring and protect, caring for and protecting our seniors. Um, you know, every year that becomes more important to me, Ted. <laughs> every year it becomes more important. I, I understand. So um, it is a very, uh, it's a serious area of, uh, of the law, really, but it's an important area of our life. And I just look at all the things that we can learn, you know, from people, you know, as we age, we gain wisdom. I still look back on my life as a young man and the people that were influential to me, people who I haven't seen in 50 years, who I still think about every day. Um, it, it's important. And, you know, one of those people was my grandfather and, you know, just had a very special place in my life. Um, Mostly a lot of the lessons he taught me, and he was gone before I was 15 years old, so he taught me these as very young ages, and uh, they've stuck with me for my entire life, and I'm sure many of you have the same types yeah, of absolutely. situations out there, and um, I, I, get not, I just get a thrill. I, I had an opportunity here a few years ago to talk to a lady who was 104 years old. That's the oldest person I personally ever talked to. It's the new 80, Rick. And, it's uh, the new 80. It's the new 80, right? <laughs> and it was fascinating. If you just stop and, and look back, you know, 100 years of what had transpired in history in 100 years. This lady went from basically horse and buggy to a man on the moon in yeah. her lifespan. Yep, absolutely. Fascinating. Yep. And the stories they could tell and what was so marvelous about this lady is she her mental faculties were as sharp as anybody's. Yeah. And um, that's that's rare. But um, just a delightful lady. She lived to be 106 years old. Mine was 102, and she was just spry till the day she passed, sharp as a tack. So, so folks, you know, um, weird situations, and the shutdown continues. Looks like we're going to be on the bulk of it at least through the end of May. I know that's causing a lot of anxieties at every level. I don't have to review that with you here. You're all getting bombarded with that. You know, I'd just like to say from my perspective is um, – 
stay focused and you know have meaning and try to accomplish some things during your downtime if you have it or or whatever and maybe some of those learning moments with uh, children and that might be a, well might it's be kind of I, I think really if, if there's any blessing here it's it's a lot of these families have had a, a lot more time together which most people their major complaint in life is I just don't have any time to spend with people or to do the things that I want well this has certainly changed that arena considerably and and perhaps this is a really good time to talk about some of these topics that we talk about every Sunday that people don't like to discuss and gives you a kind of a good opportunity to perhaps have that discussion where you ordinarily may not. Uh, but anyway, Rick, you touched on something earlier that I that I think is an important component of this elder law practice, and that is that you talked about uh, people living beyond 100, which is becoming more and more common. And this is why elder law has become kind of a burgeoning practice area. Ten years ago, I don't believe this discipline exists as it does today, but people are living longer, right? You're living longer. And and that has its own challenges, both financially and with your health. And, and again, this is the focus primarily of what I do and making sure those things are planned for. And, you know, people not expecting to live past age 80, living another 20 years means another 20 years worth of assets. And and not having that throws you into a whole different arena of planning, uh, perhaps than you'd ever anticipated in your life. You know, and that's a that's a reality that we are living longer, and this population of the elder segment is growing. You know, it, it is uh, it's fascinating. But you stop and think, folks. Uh, you work for forty years, you raise your family, and you you do all your things. And uh, during that forty years of working. Generally, most people today aren't going to have pensions and things of that nature. So those are, you know, dying away. Yep. And so you're going to have to work for 40 years. But then on top of that, you're going to also have to have enough money in the bank in your investments to retire and live another 40 years. That's right. Um, and, ho- is, and hope nothing hits you that's a major disruption a, in your life, right? This is a vastly different planning horizon than our grandparents did, folks. Oh, no question about it. I mean, it. you know, when Social Security came in in the ni- 1933-1934 time period, you know, the retirement age when you get Social Security was 65. Well, most people were dead by 72. Yeah. In fact, and that's so what the life expectancy it, was. Then. It was a very short period of time. Well, now it's the same retirement age, but people are living now well into their mid to latter oh, yeah. 80s. And, you know, the younger folks being born now are going to live well beyond that for their actuary life oh, expectancy. Yeah. I think it would be saying. common to have people living over 100 on a routine basis in the, in the future. In the next really 20, do. 30 years. Yeah, I mean, advances in healthcare alone have vastly, have vastly improved. And, and that's a real big and, reason why. And then the why. cost of that, because, you know, they used to say, well, you'll spend about 65 or 70 percent of your pre-retirement income during retirement. And... I want to say I think that's nonsense. (laughs) We see in many cases expenses actually go up because you're buying you're 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 buying different things. When you're working, you have a certain set of things that you're buying and spending money on. When you're retired, the the things that you're purchasing are going to be different. It might be more leisure related, might be more travel related, but the real biggie is healthcare related. Your healthcare costs are definitely, you know, in 99% of the cases, going to rise, and they can rise significantly. Yeah, just like housing, right? And we talk about this all the time, too, and this is a real big issue for folks 
going forward that, you know, everybody, I think, wants to live in their own home as long as they possibly can because that's where they're comfortable. That's where their memories are. That's perhaps where they raise their children. And and uh, when it's no longer safe to be home, that creates a whole new horizon of things that need to be paid for. And believe me, it's it's far more expensive to go into a long-term care situation than it is to maintain your own home. So that's why people choose to do that. And, and, and really the issue there is safety. And, and there reaches a point where it's just not safe for you to be alone in your home any longer. And then you have to make other decisions. So that's another one of those expenses that are, are kind of unexpected, as is in the local area, property taxes for a lot of people who purchased homes years ago for forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. Those homes are now worth million dollars or thereabouts. They've got capital gains issues with the houses. And it's not so much the ability to sell the house and move on. It's just where do you move on to is the, is the big question, right? So housing is a big, big deal in what, in what I do here. And having discussions with people about their choices usually is not a fun topic. And you know, it's really, really hard. And it and chews I, up know, money real quick. We have, you know, there's several little terms we have in the, you know, the community elder law that. And, you know, aging in place means staying in my own home. That's kind of buzz for that. Yeah. Quality of life. That's the one that's really hard because when someone comes and says, we need to discuss your quality of life, that means you're usually pretty sick. Yeah. You probably have a terminal illness. Uh, maybe it's Alzheimer's, but it could be cancer. The quality of life means how are we going to manage your care now in the best manner possible? You know, you're sick, you're on a decline. How are we going to maintain some level of some quality? Quality, folks, that we're talking about is being able to do your routine activities of daily living. You know, can you get yourself dressed? Can you take your own medication? Can you shower yourself or feed yourself? Feed walk, yourself? yeah, these kind of things. Um, the real basic stuff. That, that's kind of what we're talking about under the buzzwords of quality of life. That is, and some modicum of independence that we all seek. So I can't do anything other than implore people to think about their estate and elder planning um, during this time. Um, Talk to family members, maybe your elders in your family, whether it's your folks or maybe you have that distant aunt or uncle that you're close with, and look at your own estate and maybe look at your children's. I mean, we have um, you know three generations that are possible planning candidates right now: the young folks, everybody in the middle, and then the elders. I mean, and everybody in every category really needs to think about this more. And if this pandemic doesn't uh, give you a heightened awareness. Um, I don't think anything will. So it is important from your finances, for your medical care, for your for your own care, and for the care of those you love, maybe your children, your spouse. Um, this is important stuff. And uh, we're here to help you folks. We're here to answer your questions, help point you in the right direction so you can uh, get your planning done. Uh, Ted and I, the rest of the staff, are, um, we're ready, willing, and able to help. We'll get you uh, taken care of. So... Uh, don't be shy. Give us a call. You can call the office at 425-284-3450. That'll get you right on the main line of the office. Uh, that's our regular work hours, Monday through Friday. You can find us on the web, all different kinds of places. Um, you can certainly go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can find the law firm there. Or you can just go directly to the law firm, which is RJG 
rjglegal.com rjglegal.com hey folks uh, please stay safe and um, practice the social distancing be smart I do see a lot more people out and about now treat your mother well treat your mother well of course uh, happy Mother's Day and um, we'll be back um, next week to talk about more of this and hopefully when we come back next week we'll have more good news that we're continuing to inch open just a little bit more and uh, cautiously I should say cautiously I mean, I think that's and um, do that it's it, it, it this has just turned our whole world upside down and so we're all kind of waiting to see how we come out the other end but uh, let's stick together let's all be smart and support each other I think that's probably one of the smartest things and um, well on that, happy just, Mother's just Day. Just two shall pass. Thanks for listening to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. Event Info newsletters and Your Partner in Law podcast can all be found at yourpartnerinlaw.com. To schedule an appointment with Rick Gregorick, call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free partner-in-law event, visit yourpartnerinlaw.com. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to Your Partner-in-Law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH.